United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Joining us now is Dr. Mary Speck, a senior expert for the Latin America program for the United States Institute of Peace. She previously served as the executive director of the Western Hemisphere Drug Policy Commission, an independent bipartisan entity created by Congress to evaluate counter-narcotics policies in the Americas and provide practical recommendations on how to both reduce the availability of illicit drugs and minimize the damage associated with drug trafficking. She is now a senior expert with the Latin American program for the Institute of Peace and joins us now. Dr. Mary Speck, welcome. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Very good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very glad you're here. I've been seeing in the headlines and the news a lot about what's going on in Guatemala for their upcoming presidential election. Obviously, all eyes here in the States have been on what's happening with our upcoming 2024. But why is this so significant and why is this one to watch? Well, Guatemala, of course, is a major source of irregular migration to the United States. But also what happens in Guatemala can affect the whole region. Uh, There's been a lot of democratic backsliding, attacks on the judiciary, attacks on the press um, in all three countries, frankly, of of northern Central America. Guatemala is the biggest, with the biggest population, biggest economy. Um, What happens there uh, matters to the region. And and problems in Guatemala, instability in Guatemala will tend to land uh, at the U.S. border. So why has there been such um, instability in terms of the electoral process? Well, Guatemala has um, been roiled in recent years um, by a number of um, cor- anti-corruption investigations. Um, a few years ago, it had a um, unprecedented UN commission that investigated corruption and at the highest levels, um, including arresting a, a, a former president and vice president. Um, and then that commission uh, went too far uh, for for some poly- uh, Guatemalan leaders, and it was kicked out. But corruption remains a highly controversial issue there. Now, in these recent elections, um, uh, the in an apparent attempt to favor the governing candidate, um, uh, a number of other can- candidates were barred from participating. Uh, nonetheless, uh, in the end, an anti-corruption candidate managed to make it to the second round. Um, and then since then, there have been a number of attempts to boot his party out of the contest. But as it stands, he's still running um, and will compete in the August 20th um, final round. Do we have a sense of what the ideologies of each of the competing candidates are? I mean, is there, are we dealing with two extremes here or are we dealing with nuances between two similar candidates? They're actually quite similar in at least in origin. Both of them claim to be social democratic. Uh, the other candidate, the the, the anti-corruption, the, Bernardo Arevalo, who was a surprise uh, winner of the second round, of the first round, um, uh, is has made a name for himself as an anti-corruption leader. That's what his party, his party emerged from the protests um, against corruption in 2015. Uh, but he was considered a very uh, 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 unlikely to, to make it to the second round. Um, Sandra Torres has made it to the second round another a number of times. She is very much a centrist. Both of them are from center left. 
uh, her support is in the countryside, but her campaign or her candidates has been tainted by corruption allegations um, in the past. So one, the main difference between the two is that one wants to put, Bernardo Arevalo wants to put anti-corruption front and center, whereas Sandra Torres is a more conventional social democrat and, and seen as a much more clientelistic type uh, candidate. Now, why are there concerns now? I mean, obviously, you've laid out a great deal of things there, but will the there's a headline I know that you've written as well about will voters or the courts choose Guatemala's next president? Is that in question at this time? Well, first, throughout the campaign, uh, the courts have intervened, or the Supreme Electoral Council and uh, the uh, the the public prosecutor's office have initiated investigations or simply booted candidates off uh, the ballot, disqualified candidates, uh, beginning with an, a, a leftist candidate, an indigenous candidate, uh, but then also booting several conservative candidates uh, for relatively minor uh, violations of rules, such as starting a campaign early, which normally would just be punished with um, with fees or something like that. Um, so they, they tried to interfere from the beginning. There's been a great deal of interference in the electoral process, and that's probably uh, ultimately why Arevalo was able to make it into the uh, final round. There was a field of nearly 20 candidates, but they'd eliminated some of the front runners. And so, uh, surprise, surprise, the candidate probably least wanted to, to make it to the final round made it. Then immediately after he made it, they started investigating his campaign and ordered a, 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 a partial recount. So there have been a number of, of uh, there's been a lot of fear that he would, that they would find some excuse to kick Arevalo out in order so that the governing, the governance, the govern, the governing, the ruling party's candidate could actually make it to the final round. But it appears that those efforts have failed um, and that he will get to the final round. How is the um, how have the Guatemalan citizens and people been reacting to this? I mean, they we're seeing obviously places like Israel and the conversations around judicial interference or um, the, the the democracy being questioned or undermined. Has there been protests or similar aspects in Guatemala? Well, yeah, interestingly, there have been protests on the streets. You even and and they've been really widespread. There's been condemnation. By, uh, by the leading business associations, which tend to be quite conservative. Um, indigenous authorities um, have uh, protested and, and there, there's something called the March of the Flowers where indigenous leaders came to the capital and demanded that the electoral process be respected. But especially a number of demonstrations led mainly by young people in both the capital and in the departmental capitals, um, asking, demanding that the electoral results be respected. Is this having an impact, I mean, regionally as well? I mean, obviously the United States is, is tuning in and wanting to um, understand the process, but are there other um, countries surrounding Guatemala as well that are having a vested interest? And are they able to have any impact on any of this? Well, the OAS has uh, sent an electoral mission and um, which confirmed that the first round results were, were valid. Um, and no no evidence of, of fraud in during the first round, and their mission returned uh, out of concern that the second round campaign would not be allowed to to proceed. So the OAS has taken a strong stand. The EU has taken a stand. 
Uh, Guatemala's immediate neighbors, not so much because actually democracy is uh, somewhat fragile in both of, in, in uh, the other countries of Northern Central America, Honduras and El Salvador. So they've been more or less quiet. But uh, at the region as a whole, as represented by the OAS, has taken a stand um, in favor of, of uh, to support the, electro- the, uh, the electoral process. What are you looking for? I mean, when is the actual election and what are you looking for in terms of the next steps to gauge whether or not democracy truly will prevail here? Well, the next, the final round is on August 20th, and uh, there are, there will be observer, there uh, observer missions uh, to make sure that the election day uh, proceeds uh, fairly and people are allowed to vote. I mean, uh, and election, usually the electoral process in, in Guatemala is, is fairly, um, uh, fairly free and fair. Um, the issue here, though, is that the um, the prosecutors have have done things such as ask for the names of vote counters in an evident evident attempt to um, intimidate them. Uh, so there's a fear that there won't be sufficient volunteers. People will be afraid to man the the voting stations. Um, there's also a fear that after these investigations against um, uh, Bernardo Revelo's party will continue after the first round. Uh, because there's a very long lame duck period in Guatemala between the new president doesn't take office until early January. So they could continue to investigate in, in an attempt to, to, to somehow disqualify him or uh, during this long lame duck period. So it's even after August 20th, the concerns um, uh, are still there. This is really interesting to hear your perspective and get a a preview of all the things we should be considering as well in this important um, conversation. Mary Speck, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.